You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Hey there, Ryan. So today, lots of companies know that they need to be doing SEO or search engine optimization, but they're unsure of how and when to start. I know we talk a lot on this podcast and just in general about Google Ads because logic acquisition, of course, is so dominant there. And it's one of the first ways that brands look at acquiring traffic. But how do you direct companies into SEO, right? Is there a process that generally works? I really want to know in today is like when to start doing SEO. So hopefully we can address that question. You can share some insights on that. I think I might have some opinions on that. (laughs) (laughs) I assumed you would. Uh, Just maybe. No, this is a a conversation that does come up pretty often in my world because of our focus on Google Ads. We start a lot of relationships that way. And as a byproduct of that, we actually just always get into the conversation of what are you doing for SEO? You know, are you paying attention to it? Is it something that has been valuable to the business? And depending on the size of the business, usually the smaller they are, the less they focus on it generally. Larger they are, more likely it is they have an internal team that's just dedicated to SEO. And so most companies that are listening to this are going to call it fall somewhere in that spectrum, if you mm-hmm. will. And I think as an overarching theme, every company should be doing SEO. It's just not a company that shouldn't be, have it on the timeline, have it on the plan or, or be involved in it now. But I think a lot of companies think that just starting to do SEO means your business is going to grow. And that's often not the case. There's a lot of strategy, a lot of uh, foundation that needs to be built to allow SEO to really work and grow a business. And so initially, every brand that's launching or is going to launch is going to start with paid search. In fact, an SEO company that's going to take you on and do the work for you that doesn't have you establish a foundation on paid search first is probably not worth working with. In fact, the top SEO companies will always tell you, if you're not doing paid search for 90 days, don't even think about doing SEO. Why is that? My hypothesis on that, which you're probably going to tell me is is not true, but I wanted to learn about this, right? So is it because you use that to understand what terms resonate and what terms you should go after in terms of optimizing for search engine? Yeah, it's twofold. So number one, with if you're just doing SEO, you have no idea the queries that are coming in at what exact volume and then what's happening to them because you don't get the search query data. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Ads, at least... As of now, you still do get a decent amount of search query data uh, that you can then make decisions off of. And so a lot of it is just saying, if I'm selling coffee cups and I think that my site is going to really be targeted to coffee cups for moms, awesome. But then if we do all the paid search and we see people searching coffee cups for mom are not converting, then why would I want to be doing SEO on that term? Hmm. It could be that I'm actually, I thought I was going to be uh, helping moms, but I'm helping out dads and it's coffee cups for dads. Like based on the search data we see, like, wow, I didn't see that. Now I can now establish that I'm going to go try to get higher rankings for coffee cups for dads. So having that as a baseline, I think is number one. Number two, it Mm -hmm. also establishes that a company is comfortable spending money because SEO is not something that you can just 
do once and then, oh, great, I'm done with that, move on to the next thing. It is, you're going to commit to investing every single month on SEO Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. And so you have to have that habit of going like as a startup business, never spending money, committing five grand a month in SEO is probably not the easiest thing to be able to say, yeah, for the next 12 months, I'm doing this. Well, if you have to spend 10 grand a month for three months to get all the data, okay, you're spending money, you see the return. And often, this is not always the case, but often paid search is going to jumpstart the sales volume and allow income and customers to be coming in that then allows you to start affording additional services like SEO. So use it for keyword research primarily. Understand what's converting well off the site or at a rate that makes sense or where there's enough volume. So we have all these tools that estimate volume of searches on Google, but they're only estimators. It's not hard, true data. Whereas if we go to Google ads and we're bidding on a term, we know how many impressions we had. If you're using text ads, we can see to a degree how much of those searches we were above the fold, what our click-through rate was, how many clicks we got. And then we can see generally what the impression share was. And it's not an exact number, but if we showed 50% impressions and we had 1,000 impressions, generally we could assume there's 2,000 impressions on that term. Okay, let's see if we can start doing some SEO there because we're converting at a rate that makes sense. Can you tell me a little bit about what point do you start investing in SEO, right? So I'm hearing you want to be delivering, you want to be paying for traffic first. Do you recommend doing that before you go to like Facebook and other social channels? Or is it part of that mix of like, hey, you just have to be spending to drive traffic and then once you have enough, we should start really focusing on the second tier. Well, often it's it's looking at, and again, we're all almost always e-com here. So e-com focus, if we're looking at a search funnel or a process that people come down to purchase to, from your site, you need to generally fill from the bottom up. Okay. And so the lowest hanging fruit are people that are actually looking for your brand. They'll convert at the highest rate. They're going to be the, the least expensive traffic to be purchasing, but that's on Google. There's some, they want to buy from you. They're searching for you. Branded terms. Yeah. You're just launching. That's going to be a very small group of people. So the next layer up would generally be the non-brand search. They're looking for your product or service. And those people have gone to Google and said, or Bing and said, hey, I have the desire to have this product that you happen to sell. Mm-hmm that often is going to be a better segment to be spending money on than out on Facebook, trying to convince people you think are your market that they should come buy your product or that they have interest in that product. There's a lot more sale in that than there is just capturing existing demand. And their conversion rates, again, generally are gonna be a little bit lower as you move up that funnel into prospecting or trying to convince people they should be you. And also, if you're newer in the business world, your company hasn't existed, you probably don't know who your market is yet. So to co-create a Facebook audience trying to prospect Mm. them, you might be way off and just going off and wasting money. That's a great point. So it's better to say, Leverage Google, people looking for your product. Look at the demographic data that Google can tell you and be like, oh, great. All these people looking for my product. You're always going to be surprised in business. Like I always go out and at least start knowing that I'm probably going to be wrong. And I pivot and adjust as I start seeing the data coming in. And I think that's the difficulty of uh, if, if you're a new startup company starting immediately with SEO, unless you know some crazy things that other startups don't know. That does happen occasionally where you're, hey, we are attacking this particular company we spun off of it or we want to go back, that type of thing, then maybe it can work a little better if you already know some weaknesses of competitors. But, but generally, you want to be on that 
demand capture side of, of the mm-hmm. arena for online marketing first before starting to move up the funnel to target other things. And there's also some things to be said, like a, another example, we use Joyful Dirt a lot, but I obviously am in the weeds, I see a lot of the data. There were some incentives early on to not do SEO on our brand terms to allow Amazon to capture some of those, which is completely against what many people <laughs> believe or a strategy that you should even consider. But understanding the way Amazon works and how to jumpstart sales on Amazon and sales rank, a lot of it comes out of conversion rate. And if some of your brand terms are converting at a very high rate on Amazon, it's not a bad thing to have some of those go to Amazon and, and get the conversion there to help push sales volume. Okay. So I use a little bit of, uh, generally I'll use unique strategies, uh, but I want to test a lot of things, but that one was a good thing. We tested it and let Amazon take some of those. I like how you call them unique strategies. That's <laughs> yeah. the kind yeah. way to put it, right? Yeah. There is no book on the type of things I test. with Not yet, brands, but, but maybe there should be. Hey, <laughs> maybe someday. Know? If it works right now, we're, we're, we're still, we're still pushing for growth and, and getting there, but okay. simple answer to start. PPC first, get some quality data because you're going to have to search queries there. Then you can start doing some of the additional research because Mm -hmm. just because the term converts well on paid search doesn't necessarily mean it's good for SEO. Mm -hmm. And that's where doing some research makes sense because if, if the top three spots on that term are Amazon, Walmart, Target, that is going to be a very difficult one to own from an SEO standpoint. We know high level, the majority of clicks from an organic standpoint on Google go to the top three results organically. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, the averages I've seen most recently are 27.5% to position one, 12, 12 12.5% to position two, and about 5% to position three. And these are all gonna be different, but those are fairly solid, but that's 45% of the traffic. Not to mention all of the ads that come before those top three. Oh yeah. On Bing, I think position one probably gets maybe, maybe 10% because it's so far down there. Mm-hmm. And Google's always testing SERP results pages. So those numbers are never going to be take it to the bank type thing. You're going to get mm-hmm. 27% of the traffic, but almost 50% of the traffic goes to the top three. And then below that, you're really fighting for fractions of percents. So if the volume on that term is so massive that position four really makes sense and you think based on what you're seeing there that you can attack that in a reasonable time frame, go for it. If you're starting off and you haven't done SEO before though, chances are you're going to need to find some terms that aren't dominated by massive, massive companies like Amazon, Walmart, Targets, Home Depots, Lowe's, like those retailers that have established so much domain authority because they've been in the Google system for so long and their teams for SEO are so massive. I prefer to pick off some easier battles. And I tell most companies that, well, I don't, I tell almost every company actually that SEO is really a function of time and money. Mm-hmm. Like you can get ranking on any term you want in position one, but you have to have enough money and enough time. Like, can you overtake Amazon for position one? Yes, it is possible, but it might cost you a million dollars and it might take you two years. Right, And if you're only going to make 100000 in the lifetime on that term, why fight that battle? Like, let's, you have to pick your battles appropriately as you're doing the research. You want to look at, there's a lot of tools you can use in that research. I, I like SEMrush myself, and I use that mm-hmm. a lot because I've just been in the system long enough, so I understand it. But there's quite a few out there that are basically the same thing. They scrape sites or scrape Google basically and tell you where you're ranking and what your expected traffic is on that term how competitive things are. So leverage those tools, 
but also pick your battles appropriately once you've seen the data from your paid search. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. So you have a note here, on-site versus off-site. Mm-hmm. Can you dive into that? What do you mean by that? Most people, when they say SEO, they're talking about off-site SEO work where you are mm. creating backlinks and raising your ranks on Google through basically telling Google through these backlinks that you are a good site, that people trust okay. you and you have valuable content. So it's getting that high authority backlink boosts you up, essentially. Essentially. Basically, what it, those backlinks basically tell the search engines, hey, we like this site. We think it has value. And, and the better the neighborhood linking to you is, the better Google, Bing, Yahoo are going to see you and say, oh, this is a good site. You know, every city's got certain parts of town you probably don't want to build a new house in. And so that's kind of what SEO does. It says, hey, what we see this entity as being in a good neighborhood, it's got a lot of value. Lots of people should go there type thing. Okay. So the, the on-site SEO is what every business, this is why I say every business should be doing SEO right now, no matter what, because the on-site SEO is the stuff every company can do right now. Mm-hmm. And again, time money conversations. If you're a small business owner that has more time than money, this is some very easy SEO that you can execute on your end and make work with some few basic principles attached to it. If you've got more time than money, you can hire a company. You know, We do a lot of this at Logical Position where we do a lot of this on-site work. And what this is basically, in its simplest form, is finding the pages on your site that Google likes okay and that if you put some extra content or aligned the titles and the age tags and the descriptions on the page along with the term that google seems to be showing it for most often it'll rank up there higher within two weeks and so if um, if you do a general search for a product doesn't even really matter what it is but if it's not specific to like the model number of the product but if you're looking for earbuds right now okay the top searches generally on google are going to be pages that have multiple earbuds. This is a horrible generalization, but you'll see like, oh, it goes to a, a Walmart page that has all the earbuds. It goes to an Amazon mm-hmm. page that has a bunch of listings for earbuds or a page that sells 50 u- units or SKUs of earbuds. Mm-hmm. Those are category pages. Or if you're on Shopify, they're collections where you have all of the products that fit into the category for that search term. Google often does not want to land the search earbuds on a page with only one earbud. You know, unless you're Apple and then you only have three versions, that maybe is an exception, <laughs> but that's just Apple's business model. But generally, the search engines like options and they know that people, when they land on a page with options, they generally convert better. You know, a category mm. page of earbuds often, and you can correct me on this one, but often we see that it converts better than a single product page with one pair of earbuds on it and some suggestions. Yeah. And the thinking behind that is, is that Google's whole goal is to get people to stay on the site they click on because Google then believes that you found something that was more relevant to you. Mm -hmm. Instead of bouncing to that site, then coming back to Google to do your search or click on another result, 
Google tracks how many times people go back to Google after they click on a result. And that has an influence on where your site is ranking in Google um, in those search engine result pages, in part because they assume that if somebody comes back within a few seconds, that the the result was not relevant Mm -hmm. to what the person searched, right? And Google's whole business model is they want to be the best search engine. So they're tracking very clearly how many times people bounce back to Google from the, the result they clicked on. So sending them to a category page is going to reduce the number of people who bounce back where if they see one set of earbuds, they might say, that's not the one I'm, I'm interested in and have to go back to Google. But if they're on a category page, likely they're going to click through a few models before they would bounce back to Google. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that's a false kind of tracking method for Google at times um, because it doesn't necessarily mean they, that the consumer found the right pair on that that result page. It just means that they're going to click around a few pages before they would end up back on Google, most likely. Yeah, what also conspiracy theorists would say, oh, well, Google makes less money if they don't come back to Google and search, so why would they want that surfaced up there? Yeah. I don't think Google's worried about individual click dollars. <laughs> I think yeah. they are generally focused at a higher level, at least my interactions. Yeah. So all that to say, if you have no rankings anywhere, starting to establish that quality landing page allows you to scale off-site SEO better. And that mm-hmm. on-site SEO will actually raise the rank of that page within two weeks. Once uh, the Google Search Console indexes that page again, it will move up mm-hmm. higher than it was before. Now, it might move from page 15 to page 10, so it still gets exactly zero traffic, but that's a massive increase in ranking just mm-hmm. by putting that content on there. And it's very often overlooked. Uh, I find it, especially on Shopify sites, because not every Shopify theme is very easy to add that little paragraph of content around that collection and what's on that mm-hmm. page. So if you are on Shopify, make sure you're digging into your theme a little bit. Um, it's possible on every theme. We haven't met a Shopify theme that we couldn't put this content on. So it's very valuable to do. It has a, a side benefit as well. Not only will you increase on the rankings. So if you're on page one, and you move up from seven to five, that's a pretty significant jump in traffic. It also will improve your quality score from a paid search perspective. So if Mm -hmm. you're bidding on the term earbuds and laying them on your your collection or category page of earbuds, without that content on there, you're probably paying a little bit of a premium because you have a lower quality score, just kind of a general across the board assumption and what we've seen in the data. Put the content on there, Instantly, it'll move up higher within Google or within two weeks. And then you'll probably be paying lower cost per click on Google ads. And there's, you know, not only paying less, but if you are position one on organic and you also have a text ad and you also have a shopping ad on the first page of Google right there so everybody can see you're on there three times, they trust you more because they see you Mm -hmm. in multiple spots on Google. And the combined click-through rate of all three of those ad types will be higher than each one individually without the others. And so you get a lot of synergies. It's really cool to start seeing how those ads all work together. And that's one reason I tell companies, like even if you're in position one, you're going to, you're not gonna stop spending money on Google ads. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's like so many things in digital marketing, it's that compounding effect, right? Mm-hmm. So you start building upon it and then that flywheel or almost like the the compounding effect just continues to fuel it and move it forward again and push it forward. So what kind of goals should somebody be thinking about here, right? If we're going to put a bow on this episode a little bit, mm-hmm. I want to know what's reasonable to be thinking about here. If um, I'm just hopping into SEO, 
what, what should my goals be? You've got to come at SEO from a, a long-term perspective. You have to be patient. And that's a mm. big struggle for entrepreneurs, uh, even business owners myself, where you, you're, you're starting up, you need revenue, you really need to see the needle start moving. SEO is not going to be that quick hit from as you're building you know, content and backlinks. Mm-hmm. It's a real long-term focus. You know, the on-site stuff is one thing, but you can optimize your cat collections and categories and you're done for a while until the market shifts and you have to re-update some of the content. So yep. you really pushing out that time horizon and, and your goal is not necessarily on SEO. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be revenue focused, generally speaking. You're looking at rankings because you know that over, over time, as those rankings continue to move up, as you move from position three on page two to position 10 on page one, probably not a lot of traffic and not a lot of revenue. But you're mm-hmm. seeing the movement and it's not exciting. It's not going to put money in the bank account yet, but it's you're seeing it happen. And so that's where uh, it's much different than your focus on paid search, mm-hmm. which is why it's almost always good to have different teams overseeing those. Because if you have the same person, even internally, trying to oversee those and see the goals, it just gets frustrating. As If you're looking on paid search all day, every day saying, hey, I spent 10000 yesterday and I got 50000 in revenue. Well, you could have spent you know, 10,000 last month on SEO and gotten zero increase in revenue mm-hmm. this month. And that's just a frustrating thing. Now, it definitely makes sense to me why you would recommend doing this after paid because it is an investment that takes time mm-hmm. to pay off. It really is. So where pay-per-click, you could immediately start seeing traffic from that spend where SEO, it is going to take some time to see the traffic. Um, so that definitely makes sense. Now, I've, I have a quick question for you um, that just popped up. If a brand is doing pay-per-click and they start doing SEO, are they going to see a higher ad quality score and thus a better performing pay-per-click? Because generally those terms that they might be using in the ads are, are going to be more prevalent on the pages that they've optimized for SEO as well. That's is that, that correlation that on-site, there? on-site content. If you do that on-site SEO, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Generally, those collection pages or category pages that you've put that new content on will result in a higher ad rank. Mm-hmm. If you're spending money before going to those, keep spending money, you generally you'll see your cost per click go down. Horrible, broad statement that you can't uh, hold me to all the time, but generally we see those increase. Okay, so there is that correlation there even more so. That's good to hear. Well, Ryan, thank you for schooling me on when to start SEO. I get this question a lot from new brands on uh, smaller brands. And now I know when it makes sense to send them over to you for that. So um, I appreciate your time on this. Yeah, thanks, Anything John. else uh, you'd, you'd like to communicate today? No, I think as long as you're always continuing to push forward, move forward, like take some risks, test some SEO things, because I think there's a lot of opportunity in SEO for innovation too, where mm-hmm. yes, always be writing blogs and infographics and things out there, but don't be afraid to try new types of links or try new types of SEO. Like YouTube can be linking outside to websites. There's a lot of things like even Amazon pages can be SEO'd. Like we're doing some really cool mm. tests on there, like off Amazon SEO to send traffic to Amazon. So I I really am excited about the SEO space over the next two years because I think there's going to be some pretty big shifts in how companies are looking at traffic uh, from organic results and what they're leveraging that for. 
the number one complaint I'm hearing from direct-to-consumer and e-commerce brands right now is that Facebook is not effective for them. And it's a short-term thing. Facebook mm-hmm. will figure it out. But the reality is that they're looking at other methods right now. And SEO might be a good one to, to kind of help insulate any of these changes over time. So, all right. Thank you, Ryan. Have a wonderful afternoon. Yeah, thank you, John. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Keep up to date with new episodes. You can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.